0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These Life Studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Maybe we feel condemned knowing that as Christians, we should be shining as lights in the world. But instead, perhaps we feel we're near the bottom. God's Old Testament prophet Isaiah was in such a state when he received a vision of the Christ in glory, the perfect remedy to his depression and despair. Do you need such a vision? Then stay with us today for another Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Today's broadcast again brings us to the Old Testament prophet Isaiah and a very penetrating view of the condition of God's people in his time. But Christ appeared, and with us to enjoy this appearing is Ron Kangas. Ron, we have a short chapter today, chapter 6, but it's a chapter that's just full of Christ. Welcome back to the program.
1: Full of Christ it is, and it's a delight to work together with you to testify of the Christ unveiled in chapter 6 of Isaiah.
0: Well, Ron, as I mentioned, chapter 6, it's not a long chapter, especially for Isaiah, but there's a lot in this chapter that relates to us as God's people in the age of his New Testament economy. Ron, this is our second look at this chapter. What are we going to be focused on today?
1: To be very simple and direct, we will be focused on the Lord himself, in his glory, in his righteousness, in his holiness, and how such a vision affects us and cause us to know what our condition is, then it will lead spontaneously to an action on God's part to cleanse us, to separate us unto himself, than to commission us to release his word.
0: Ron, I appreciated your use of the word inspiring. This vision of Christ does inspire us. But hopefully, before we're done today, we will be more than just inspired. Let's go to Witness Lee with our first portion.
2: Well, Isaiah 6 is a short chapter. You know, Isaiah's book is the longest book. And many chapters in there are over 50 verses, but this one is very unique. Chapter 6 is on Christ in His divine glory, which is human virtues held by His holiness. So you could see the main things, main factors are here just three glory, virtue, and Holiness. Glory is divine. And virtues are human. Isaiah. He saw a vision. He says clearly, what Isaiah saw was the Lord. I saw the Lord. Let me tell with you, in what image? The image of like a man? Quite possible. Why? Because... Here a long robe. And the robe fill up the temple. Then it says what? And if the smoke is there, where smoke is, there should be some fire. In the vision of Isaiah, you have three factors. The seraphims signifying the holiness. The smoke signifying the glory. And the robe Signifying Christ's human virtues. You have Christ's glory, Christ's holiness, Christ's righteousness. And these are the three terms that Christ dealt with or fulfilled on the cross to accomplish his redemption. Christ accomplished his redemption by fulfilling God's glory. God's holiness and God's righteousness. God's glory requires something over us. God's holiness does the same thing. God's righteousness does the same thing. This is why we sinners are all perished. We cannot fulfill the terms of God's glory, holiness, and righteousness. But Christ did it. Christ fulfilled the terms of God's glory, holiness, and righteousness, so he accomplished redemption.
0: Ron, for such a short chapter, Isaiah 6 is incredibly saturated with Christ in so many aspects. Of course, we, his believers, appreciate seeing him here, satisfying God's righteous demands on us, and removing the problem of our sins. But, Ron, it's obvious now that we can see him in this chapter, that he's also satisfying God's needs in some other very crucial ways, isn't he?
1: Yes, we need to see this side and emphasize it properly, that Christ is the Christ of glory, the enthroned Christ, the one who, according to his own word in Matthew 28, has all authority in heaven and on earth, and who, as unveiled in Revelation, is the center of God's governmental administration. So we need to see a Christ who on the one hand is our Redeemer, our Savior, our Shepherd, our life supply, the one who on our behalf fulfill the requirements of God's righteousness, holiness, and glory. But then we need to turn, on the other hand, to see Christ as the one appointed and anointed to carry out God's eternal purpose, the one appointed to do everything, to speak everything, and to be everything, not only... And ultimately, not mainly for us, but for God and the desire of God's heart and his eternal purpose.
0: Well, the vision that Isaiah is seeing in chapter 6 is really a vision of Christ, not only fulfilling God's righteousness, but also his holiness and his glory. I think we're very conscious of missing God's righteousness, but I can't help but think of a verse in Romans chapter 3. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the question is, how often do we consider that we've also fallen short of his glory and even his holiness? There's a further vision of Christ that Isaiah received in the midst of his great depression and despair, as we'll see in this coming section. So let's go back to Witness Lee.
2: Isaiah was very much depressed. He loved God And he loved his elect. He loved Israel to the uttermost. Israel didn't exercise God's glory. Israel violated God's holiness. Israel became corrupt in the human virtue. So he was very sad. Not only, well, he was very sad. In that year, King Uzziah died. He was a good king. Among that many kings, he may be considered the best. Yet, he died out of a sudden. So, under that kind of environment, you could imagine Isaiah was very depressed. The Lord appeared to him. Such a vision should have encouraged the depressed prophet. But he didn't tell us he was encouraged Rather, he told us, Woe to me! Why? Because I'm too dirty by my speaking. And I dwell among people, also unclean. Such a dirty people, could I still live after seeing him? Then one of the seraphim came with a piece of the ember from the altar to touch his lips. Then he got cleansed. This is the picture. What does this mean, dear saints? The God-man was unveiled in chapter four in the form of a shoot of Jehovah and a fruit of the earth and a canopy covering God's interest in the whole universe and a tabernacle overshadowing God's elect from all kinds of troubles, botherings. Now, here in chapter 6, there's another picture showing the same one in another aspect. God in glory, sitting on the throne. He wore a kind of a robe, a long robe. The robe always signifies human virtues. Divine glory is there, as his upper part and human virtues is here as his lower part and uh, the longest part is not the divine part but rather the human part It's not the divine glory but rather the human virtue this indicates the vision here pays more attention to the human virtues i just said refer you to the four Gospels. Have you noticed? In the four Gospels, they show us Christ as God and as man. But the four Gospels show us Christ as God in a short record. But the four Gospels show us Christ as man with a long record. Christ is expressed in his human virtue much more than in his divine glory. But without divine glory as a base and his human virtue would be nothing. So the four Gospels show us that Christ is one with divine glory expressed in his human virtue.
0: Ron, he spent a long time in this portion to impress us that Christ, as the God-man, certainly has divine glory, but that this divine glory is fully expressed in his human virtues. In God's divine economy, Ron, how do these two things relate to one another, and not just to Christ, but ultimately to
1: us as well? The God of glory became a man, the God-man. And this God-man Jesus is the complete God. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. And he is the perfect man. And he personally fulfilled Genesis 126, where we're told God created us in his image to express him, And gave us his dominion to represent him. The first man, Adam, failed. The second man, the Lord from heaven, was more than successful. And the point I would emphasize is what we see in the life of the Lord Jesus as recorded in the Gospels. We see the divine attributes. Expressed through human virtues. This is what God longs to see on the earth. Here he is, the God man, a complete God. He possesses all the divine attributes. At the same time, he's a human being with the God created human virtues. And he did not simply live an ethical life, a moral life, a dignified life. He lived a radically different kind of life, a life in which the divine attributes with their glory, especially the attributes of righteousness and holiness, are embodied in a human being. And these divine attributes are expressed through the human virtues. For instance, John's declaration in his first epistle, God is love. That's a divine attribute. As those created in his image, we humans have the human virtue of love. Although sin is in our flesh, has deformed and damaged that. But what we have in the Lord Jesus is the marvelous divine love of God, love as a divine attribute, expressed through the human virtue of love. So what comes forth is a divine and human love, On the one hand, utterly divine, God himself expressed. On the other hand, so approachably and delightfully human. Here is the human virtue that so many of us have longed to live out, but can never do it. Here we see our prototype, the first God-man, living a life on the earth in which the divine attributes are expressed in his human virtues. What a glory this is to God. What a living testimony he was.
0: Well, we have one more portion to go today. So let's rejoin Witness Lee and then we'll be back with our final fellowship.
2: Now, we come to Isaiah being sent, being sent by the Christ who is full of the divine glory and the human virtues in his holiness. The sending Christ is such a one, God, full of the divine glory, and is a man full of human virtues held by his holiness. He is such a one. This indicates that Christ sent Isaiah To bring Israel to a state that they could express God's divine glory in Christ's human virtue. And that human virtue was held in his holiness. In other words, God wanted Israel to be a holy people, fully separated from the nations. Why? Why? The Lord appeared to Isaiah here in chapter 6 with the intention to send to Israel a people who is short of the divine glory, and who is violating the holiness, and who is corrupt in the human virtue. Now, every saint one, first Isaiah in the book of Isaiah, second Christ, in the four Gospels. Thirdly, the apostles in Acts. In other words, firstly, God sent the prophet. Secondly, God sent his son. Thirdly, God sent the New Testament apostles to do the same thing, to bring God's chosen people to a state that they live Christ, that they live righteousness, and that they show they are different from the nations. They are holy people. Then, upon them, a kind of a glorious situation will be manifested, right? So this chapter just shows us how to help God's chosen people to live Christ, using Paul's New Testament term, to live Christ. And to live Christ is just to exercise Christ's divine glory in his holiness with his righteousness. You must be a righteous person, you must be a holy person, and you must be a person full of the divine glory. Then you live Christ.
0: Ron, the Apostle Paul said, For to me, to live is Christ. We read these simple uh, one-syllable words, yet we might wonder, what does it mean to live Christ? Well, this word from Isaiah 6 shows us just what it is to live Christ. It involves his glory, his holiness, and his righteousness. Help us, run with these three aspects and how we need all three in reality if we really are to live Christ.
1: Uh, let's begin with a brief definition of each of these Righteousness is God's justice and rightness in everything he does. He's bound by his nature always to be righteous. Holiness, that is God's intrinsic nature. Glory, that is God expressed. As fallen human beings... We are contrary to God's righteousness, holiness, and glory. The Lord Jesus fulfilled all the requirements of God's righteousness, holiness, and glory. And then he died on our behalf on the cross and shed his redeeming blood and thereby on our behalf fulfilled the requirements of God's righteousness, holiness, and glory. And now, as Paul says in Galatians 2.20, Christ is living in him. The Christ who is righteousness, the Christ who is holiness, the Christ who is glory, the Christ who lived the divine attributes in the human virtues, he is in us and living in us. Then Paul said, the life I now live, because we're still living as humans. But the life we now live is a life mingled with and in oneness with this wonderful Christ living in us. And as we walk according to the Spirit and are one spirit with him, abiding in him, we will live him in the sense that we deny ourselves and our natural life and allow the Christ who is living in us to be our living, Christ living in us inwardly and our living Christ outwardly, are one living. When we are one with him and walk according to the Spirit, his living becomes our living, our living is his living. This is what it means to live Christ.
0: Well, Ron, I think this word and our fellowship today might be very helpful for many of our listeners. I know it's helped me. It seems that we often fall into one of two conditions, neither of which match what God is revealing uh, to Isaiah and wanting to reveal to us. And that is either we're oblivious to how much God needs his people to be an expression of his righteousness, his holiness, and his glory. Or we can become obsessed and consumed with trying to perfect our own righteousness, glory, and holiness. Both of these miss the mark, don't they?
1: They surely do. And I would comment on the second that you mentioned. What What is going on when we try to do this? Is we're not living by the grace of God. We're not living the Christ who dwells in us. We are actually under the law, under certain requirements. Then we are trying by self-effort to fulfill them. This is utterly vain. Paul makes it clear in Romans our body is a body of sin and a body of death. We have sin in the flesh. Physically, we're still in the old creation. Our soul has become the self that's in league with Satan. It's absolutely impossible for us to ever make ourselves righteous, holy, and glorious. The sooner we have the vision in Isaiah and realize we are unclean in our being and hopeless in ourselves. We will just forget what we are, open our being to the Lord, allow him to live in us. Instead of trying to have these virtues, we will let the Christ who possesses them and always lives them We will let him live in us, through us, and with us. In this way, we live the Christ who is righteous, always right in everything he says and does, in every matter, in every situation, and with every person. The Christ who is holy, who is fully sanctified, separated unto God and saturated to God and the Christ of glory who never expressed himself but always expressed the glory of the Father. Let's forget ourselves and our vain effort to improve ourselves and to be simple about it. Let's simply love, adore, praise, worship, experience and enjoy this all-inclusive Christ, letting him live in us and learning from the Christ who lives in us to live him to the glory of God.
0: Well, Brother Ron, that's all the time we've got today. Thank you, as always, for being part of our program. And we hope that you also were helped today. We always appreciate hearing your comments or your questions. And our toll-free number is one 888 Study. That's 888-543-3788. You can email us, radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.